0: Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to slash trip for free shipping and 365 day returns.
1: The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.
2: A mid morning dance with the devil from the farmer of fury.
1: It's my life, Dangerous mid morning debate with the great dictator.
3: The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.
2: Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. We are just a week away from Christmas and the new dawn is upon us. Boris Johnson leads the charge as 109 new Tory MPs head for Parliament for the first time in a new Conservative government which is vowing to put border controls, the NHS and investment in the North at the very top of their agenda. Meanwhile, the Labour Party continues to eat itself after their worst election showing since 1935. Jeremy Corbyn is now facing the prospect of being kicked out as leader as he attempts to cling on to power until March. The knives are out for him as a handful of his colleagues from Angela Rayner to Emily Thornberry line up to stab him in the back or in Jess Phillips' case, of course, in the front. And the Lib Dems are similarly rudderless at the moment as well. It's going to be a fun week, Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Uh, coming up a little bit later on, we'll find out why it is that so many young people are disappointed that the Labour Party did not get in. We'll be talking to a young voter uh, who's an activist, but not a Labour activist, actually a Conservative activist. And we'll find out uh, what she makes of why uh, so many people think that Jeremy Corbyn would be the answer. Back in the real world, there's more chaos on the railways because there's a new timetable in place. You know how that that goes, and we're hearing that those fresh turkeys you're buying for Christmas were probably frozen as recently as last week. Plus, we'll be asking you what your worst hangover was. I'm betting it was from ports. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Also, over the course of the weekend, I put together a rather interesting list. It was a top one hundred list, and it wasn't about music, it wasn't about films, it wasn't about political leaders. It was about who are the top one hundred planks. And I have to say, uh, I've been quite res- uh, uh, incredibly encouraged by the response to it. Uh, almost half a million people. People uh, have looked at it now, uh, and loads of people are agreeing with me. Of course, 0344 We'll talk about that a little bit later on as well. You'll listen to me, Mike Graham, right here on the fastest growing radio station in the world. It is, of course, Talk Radio. More gun talk from a water pistol. From the Farmer of Fury. The Independent
1: Republic of Mike Graham.
3: On Talk Radio.
2: Such a long time ago when uh, the Labour Party could sing that. Uh, in the People's Palace when Tony Blair won the first election in 1997. It felt like a new dawn. It felt like a new era. And indeed, it was a new era. And I, for one, thought that Tony Blair and his government uh, was a pretty good government. I know that many people are not fans of Tony Blair now. It's fashionable to call him a war criminal and say that he was a dreadful prime minister that took us into war with Iraq. I defend him because I think he was a great statesman. And I actually think, for much of uh, the time that he was in charge, Britain was a much better country than it is now. But if you look at the Labour Party now, you just despair, don't you? Let's talk to Lord Charlie Faulkner, a former Labour Justice Secretary and former Lord Chancellor. Of course, the last time he came on the show, down in the tent of common sense, called me a disgrace. Lord Faulkner, very good morning to you. Welcome back. Welcome. Thank you for having me back. I you'd never have me back. <laughs> no, listen, I'm a very magnanimous individual. I'm quite happy to be uh, called names and this is part, all part of the cut and thrust of, of life in general. But... I mean, the Labour Party now, compared to what you had as a government when you were in it, uh, for, for, and I'm not, I'm not sucking up to you here. It, I mean, it's chalk and cheese, isn't it?
3: I mean, it's very different, but the times were different in 1997. This is not the time to go back. Blairism, but we plainly need a change of direction in the light of the absolute drubbing that Labour got in the election last Thursday.
2: Well, exactly right because the thing that I find astonishing and have found astonishing since Thursday is every Labour MP, uh, either uh, ex-Labour MP or current Labour MP doesn't seem to understand why they lost. They talk about being heartbroken, they talk about letting down uh, the poorest people in this country because they've allowed the Tories to get in with such a big majority. They don't understand that it was their fault that they didn't get re-elected. It
3: it most certainly was uh, the Labour Party's fault we didn't get elected because we had a leader that did not resonate in many parts of the electorate because we had a Brexit policy that large parts of the electorate didn't have confidence in and we had a manifesto that nobody believed in because it had absolutely everything including the kitchen sink in it and even though there were bits of it that no doubt very many people would have liked, nobody believed it was going to be delivered because it had not prioritised at all.
2: Well, exactly right. And also, I mean, you know, promising things like free broadband and two, million, two billion trees that they were going to build and, you know, a third off your rail fares, and, you know, here's a bit more money over here, there and everywhere. Clearly, not only did it not cut through, but it actually turned people off. I mean, the idea that places like Sedgefield, Tony Blair's old constituency, uh, Bly Valley as well, a mining community voted for the Tory party, it's hard to imagine, isn't it?
3: yes i agree it's very hard to imagine Though it should be said that it'd been happening over a period of time if you looked at the votes for labor in places like bishop auckland where yep. we lost or durham where we lost um or the the, the west Bromwiches, where we lost you'd seen the labor vote going down over the years because there was an increasing sense i think that we were no longer either delivering or connecting with what had been our heartland vote, not delivering obviously because we hadn't been uh, in power since 2010, but not connecting in the sense that we were seeming to focus on things that didn't matter to every people's everyday lives. I mean, the way we did Brexit turned out to be appalling because we kept moving our position. Mm. We eventually ended up in a second referendum position quite late on. I think we had rather undermined the faith of the Remainers and then going for a second referendum position in the way that we did made the, the, the Leave areas think, God, they're not listening at all, Labour. They're not connecting. But now, so we, of course, Labor, have...
2: the Labour Party now is no longer the party of Lord Charlie Faulkner and Tony Blair and Peter Mandelson. It's the party of Novara Media, uh, Paul Mason, you know, these kind of luxury communists who go around telling us that we have to overthrow the system and we have to change everything and nationalise everything, and, you know, and then they win Putney full of champagne socialists mean, in million-pound houses.
3: The party shouldn't be either the party of Tony Blair or the party of Navarro. It's got to be a party that appeals to the people who Labour exists for, which is uh, uh, ordinary working families, uh, people who have difficulty in making ends meet, people who need a health service, people who need a proper education, not the, the particular people who may be leading it at a particular moment. And those... Groups in the electorate who've previously looked to Labour to look after them, help them improve their lot, they are, or well, much, much less of them are looking to Labour now than they've ever done in the past. We've got a very, very big decision to make as a party the next 10 weeks when we select our new leader. Yes, exactly continue right. Down the-
2: But I'm mean, i looking at the names that are in the frame and I don't see any of them changing much about what the Labour Party has been doing and has made mistakes about because when you see a list of names which includes Angela Rayner, Yvette Cooper, Emily Thornberry, Jess Phillips, Lisa Nandy, um, I'm told Clive Lewis is throwing his hat into the ring, I don't know whether any other uh, men will be allowed to do so. I mean, it's not exactly inspiring, is it?
3: Well, I think the key thing is First of all, we have got to be clear that we're breaking... I'll take that with, as a ag- so. tacit agreement. <laughs> no, no, I'm, 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 yeah, Mike, I don't agree with you in relation... Okay. I don't think we can have... I don't think we can have a Corbyn continuity candidate because continuing as before will lead to another rejection on the line yeah. and of the scale that we've just experienced. I think you're completely wrong. I think the range of candidates that we've got that are not Corbyn continuity candidates are... There's a lot of talent there. And I do think there are people who could convince the public that um, we are set on a course that they could connect with.
2: Well, nobody who votes... Let me tell you something. Uh, Nobody who voted for Brexit will vote for Yvette Cooper or Lisa Nandy.
3: I think, in a way, the result of the election now decides that we are leaving the European Union. I think there are many decisions to be taken about how close we remain to Europe. I think people want a real break with Europe, but I don't think that they want us to become too close to America in such a way that we have to do and become a supplicant to America and its policies.
2: Yeah, but that was part of Labor's are. that was part of Labour's manifesto and it was roundly rejected because I think you're wrong as well. No, most pardon. people most people would rather have an alignment with the US albeit that Donald Trump is only the president at the moment because America is far closer to us culturally and in many other ways than the rest of Europe is. And that's always been the case. But the problem for a lot of people who voted to leave the European Union is that they don't feel as if they have anything in common with France or Belgium or Germany. They don't quite like going on holiday there, but they don't feel European, but they do feel as though America, which speaks the same language as us, which produces television shows and movies that we watch incessantly, is far more in tune with what we are.
3: I disagree with you. I think that what people think they don't make judgments about these countries in the way that you've just made these rapid They flyers. do. This is
2: why you guys no. lost so heavily, because uh, you don't uh, get it.
3: Okay, well because every you think we lost so heavily because everybody's pro American and anti European No, I'm not saying, saying
2: that anti European or pro American, exactly but you're, you you're no, that's not at all what I'm saying. I'm no, saying exactly they feel no, I'm saying they feel you as are, if no, hang Mike, on. They Mike, feel Mike, Charlie, hang, hang on. They Mike feel no, they just feel as though they have more I what you were previously. They, have, they, they feel they have more in common with America than you make out. They, it's not about Donald Trump. It's about America.
3: They're just wild generalisations that do not reflect... Well, you
2: just told me that they don't, you just made a wild generalisation that said people don't want to be too close in line with America. Is that not a generalisation? Uh,
3: I think that what people want is they don't want the control that the European Union exercised over the UK, which they felt damaged the economic position. But what they do want is good trading relationships with countries in Europe because they're our closest trading partner and we trade a lot with them and they don't like the idea of being too dependent on the US. And when I say they, I mean, some people think that. I mean, I think we're wrong.
2: Yes, we're I think, you, I think you've, you've you've done well to get that one back from the brink because the, the problem for the Labour Party, and I'm sorry to hear that you're apparently falling for the same nonsense, is that you don't actually know what people want. That's why you lost. Well,
3: that's the well, I think I think some of us thought maybe we might lose in the light of the prospectus that we were offering to you. But you're absolutely right. The Labour Party, in the offer it made public, made an offer that large parts of people who had previously supported Labour no longer, no longer were willing to buy. Mm.
2: One final question, because uh, time is short. What do you think uh, or who do you think you would like to see as the next leader? Um, I don't
3: know. I don't want a Corbyn continuity candidate, but I think there's quite a range of people, Keir Starmer, Emily Thornbreed, Yvette Cooper, uh, Lisa Mandy, uh, Angie Rayner, they would all be candidates who should be given serious consideration.
2: Okay, Lord Charlie Faulkner, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Former uh, Justice Secretary, former Lord Chancellor. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. So looking at this tweet which was put out yesterday, uh, I got in touch with Esther last night because I thought, that she's just the person uh, that I should talk to. Because the election result, if only 18 to 24-year-olds voted, has almost the entire nation, aside from a little bit of Scotland, SNP and Liberal, uh, and a little bit of Wales, which is obviously Plaid Cymru, Red, for Labour. She says on this tweet, embarrassing, the country's youngest and brightest voting for a man whose mission is to economically cripple this country and hand it over to our enemies. It's almost as if our education system is an indoctrination chamber. And we were talking about this earlier. We had a call uh, earlier on today from a teacher who said, you know, it's really difficult now because most teachers are indoctrinating children, not only at school but also at university and college as well, that Labour is the answer and the Tories are all evil scum. Esther, very good afternoon to you. Welcome to the Independent Republic. Hi, thank you for having me. Not at all. Now, you you in your Twitter bio say that you're are you part of Turning Point UK?
4: Yes, so I'm a Turning Point UK contributor. Okay, so tell us a, a bit. Of, tell as us as well. a bit
2: about that. What is Turning Point UK?
4: Well, Turning Point UK is basically the answer to post Blair, uh, you know, left wing indoctrination of everyone, you know, under the age of 25. Right. But thinks, you know, not having a stake in society means that you should fall for every sort of promise and, you know, free good thing under the sun that the left-wing parties of this country want to offer, which I think is completely ridiculous.
2: I mean, I must must say, on on Thursday night, before the exit poll came out at 10 o'clock, from sort of nine till ten, I was wondering whether the Labour Party had succeeded, because there were stories appearing that they'd got a very, very uh, good registration to vote drive going, that they registered millions of people, young people in particular, uh, lots of polling stations were full of young people voting. And I suddenly thought to myself, you know, is it possible that they could pull this off?
4: Yeah, that's the scary thing. And, you know, I, you know, even in my um, sort of my personal experience, all my all my friends, all the people I went to university with, all the people that I went to school with, whose parents have been very successful and have gotten their children this was very expensive private education, they're all saying vote for labor. And I just thought, you know, you've spent all this money going to university, going to school and whatever, and it's just pumping out... It, You know, homogenous group of people that cannot reason. I wouldn't mind if you know a significant portion of you know young people were sort of more left-leaning, if there was a balance. But it's clearly indicative of an institutional problem if the overwhelming majority of young people under the age of 24 always vote for extreme left-wing policies. It's ridiculous. It really is.
2: And how much of that do you think is down to the the education system? You mentioned it in your tweet. I mean, I saw, as I'm sure you did over the weekend, that little video from the the the, the F. Boris lot from a woman who said, "I want to." go to the NHS, I want to be a doctor, I want to care about people, Boris doesn't care about anybody, and then she sort of rounds on Boris Johnson with this foul mouth tirade. She's very (laughs) well-spoken, she's very, obviously very posh, very 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 well off. I mean, I find it astonishing.
4: Yeah, and it's, you know, know, there's a part of it that I think is just guilt, of, you know, they feel guilty for their own privilege, that they feel like, sort of, making up for it is, you know, by backing economically illiterate policies. These are people that quite clearly have, sort of, um, almost hijacked the movement to actually give lower-earning lower people in this country better lives. They don't understand anything because they're so caught up in their bubble. Mm. Um, you know, the, the, Blair said it himself. He, you know, his goal was to have 50% of young people attending universities. It is an indoctrination chamber, and nobody's talking about it. Parents are are not asking the right questions. Why is there no diversity in people that are spending so much money to effectively enrich themselves and enrich their brains? There is no diversity. Why would you spend all that money to come out like everyone else?
2: Well, exactly it right. It doesn't
4: even make sense.
2: And presumably there are still young conservatives. I mean, you're one of them. And I see uh, many other young people who vote Conservative, but obviously, in, I suppose, not enough numbers to, to change this particular chart. But, yes. I mean, are the Conservative Party not doing enough to win young people over? Is that is that a problem?
4: Um, I think it's twofold. And that's why, you know, I think organisations like Turning Point are so important. It's, it's that young young people have, on, on the side of education and the kind of institutions that they're, be, you know, being ushered through, they're just not hearing anything else. They're just hearing the Tories are scum, the Tories are this. I, I personally, I'm of the belief that everyone over the, over the age of 16 should have to study economics and politics yeah. to a certain degree, understand fiscal macroeconomic policy, just, you know, just the basics, because I think that really, it does have more of an effect than you realize. You know, obviously we'd have to, Sort of ascertain certain standards in these schools that these teachers are not teaching them, you know, things that are very personal um, political opinions. Well, that's I right. Because that I, I, yeah,
2: I had this conversation with somebody the other day because I said, I'm not sure I want to entrust teaching politics to the teachers because they're yeah. the people who are to blame for this problem we have already.
4: Exactly, but I also think you know the the Tories could do a lot more to actually sort of bring uh, younger people on side. And I think that's why I'm I'm very optimistic about Boris, just because you know he he yes he is an Etonian, he is an Oxbridge um, graduate, but he he is not the kind of person that would um, I, I suppose alienate uh, younger voters in the same way that sort of traditional, really really traditional Tories have done in the past. So I think you know the things are looking up. It's why I'm so passionate about my work with Turning Point. I just think you know. Every every healthy thing has a balance, you know. Every generation should have a balance of people that are more left-leaning and more right-leaning and together we should come to to try and find a solution that works for this country, that works for every pocket of society. I cannot believe one in three people thought a four-day working week, which is effectively a 20% pay rise if you look at sort of in terms of, you know, how how much time they're actually spending working. A four-day working week, nationalizing virtually everything, free broadband, gifting every homeless person a house, which we don't know where it's coming from, chasing out investment out of this country like a bullet, which, you know, it wouldn't matter if Corbyn made uni free because nobody would hire them afterwards. <laughs> I, just, I cannot believe one in three people thought that was a good idea.
2: Well, of course, and the idea as well that people were going, oh, yeah, but we have to save the environment and Labour are going to plant two billion trees. We actually had an interview with John McDonnell a few weeks back when they were announcing that and we'd worked out that he, over the course of the next ten years they would have to plant something like 11,000 trees a minute, right, and, <laughs> and cover the entire nation of Wales with them, OK? And he said, oh, don't worry, uh, because over in Ethiopia, once they planted three million trees in a day, and I just went, What? And it turned out that they had some programme that they did in Ethiopia where they had lots of volunteers, I think something like two to three million people across the nation, planting little seedlings, you know, which is not quite the same thing. But, you know, people were buying this stuff and I was going, but it's not possible. You can't possibly believe it, you know.
4: And it's crazy, you know, these are supposed to be the most educated, but in fact they are the least educated. And I think one thing that I find so disheartening and quite infuriating is this attitude that, you know, the older generation have screwed over this country, they're ruining it for us, we know best. You know, you're ruining our future. Why don't you just die off already? I think it is completely ridiculous. I I feel like the respect for older generations has completely gone out the window in this country because we are having seemingly educated people that are becoming more uneducated. They don't value tradition. They don't value family. They don't value having a stake in society, which means that, you know, actually, I don't want Corbyn to snuff out my money Mm. and, you know, use it to build his socialist utopia and transgender toilets.
2: But also, isn't it rather rather, uh, ironic as well that they hate... The old people, they want to have old people not allowed to vote because it's ruining their future. But they want to elect an old man, um, you know, who is an old person. I don't get Yeah, it.
4: exactly. And who conveniently forgets to, you know, mention that he's worth £4 million. I, you know, I, I, I never buy the argument that... Um, corbyn is sort of anti-rich for the poor this first of all this man is a millionaire secondly he he doesn't speak to the people in this country that have ambition to actually provide the best for their families to own homes to have, have businesses to you know give back but also feel like their work their work is there's something coming out of their work and there's something coming out of their labor
2: yeah absolutely right and as far as the whole kind of you know um Middle-class problem goes, because I believe this to be a middle-class problem. I don't think if you were to visit Sunderland uh, or Liverpool and you would find working-class people there uh, who have the same kind of love of the crazy left-wing politics. I mean, they might want to vote Labour, but clearly up in the northeast and and, and certainly in parts of, uh, of Lancashire, they didn't vote Labour, they voted Tory. But, you know, not, I don't believe that anyone other than these very, very spoiled middle-class kids want Marxism.
4: Exactly. And this is why it's so important to actually highlight the institutional problem we have with our education system, because there is absolutely no reason under the sun why an overwhelming majority of quite well-off middle-class children that are being ushered through the higher education system are coming out as extreme left wing Marxist. Yeah. There is no other reason other than the deliberate indoctrination of these people. And nobody can tell me otherwise. Is it indicative and it is as clear as day that there is a problem in our schools, in our higher education system? There are teachers that are foistering on their own political ideologies onto these children, and there is no one to stop it. And I think, you know what, you're better off not spending £9,000 a year to go and learn someone else's flawed opinion. You might as well work, have stake in society, and then come back and tell me that you want Corbyn to snuff out your millions to, to build transgender toilets with.
2: Well, exactly right. And do you think this is sort of a passing fad as well? Because, I mean, clearly there's going to be uh, a, a bunch of these these people who are Marxists are going to grow up, hopefully, some point, and not be Marxists. Then they're going to have children of their own, and hopefully, uh, they might then go the other way. Because I mean, I know children, for example, of when I was living in America, their parents were massive Democrats. Uh, one of them ended up uh, working for Jesse Helms, who was one of the most no. right wing Republicans that was around in, in North Carolina. And so yeah. sometimes, the, the, you know, the, the children go the opposite way.
4: And, you know, there is sort of a bit of encouragement that, you know, gen, is it Generation... Gen, I,
2: I, I don't know if this is Generation X or Y. I don't know what it is, really. Yeah,
4: to be one of the, the, the most recent one. They're quite conservative. You know, I think I'm I'm cautiously optimistic in the sense that, you know, celebrities play a huge role in this. Someone like Stormzy or Lily Allen... I, I'm sorry, but they, these people don't have the same stake in society as... The I'm so glad else.
2: you... But they're in my top ten plank list. I mean, they're, oh, they're they in there. Oh, they
4: really the... just need to... You know, Ash Sarkar, Orange... They all oh, just need God. to vanish from... Yeah of this movement just because the reality is if you vote for someone for a government that ends up doing you wrong Stormzy is not there to refund you he is not there to sort of pay back no. you know, the stolen dreams none of them are lily allen with all her talk is not offering her millions to 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 um, you know sort of kickstart She's Corbyn's not she's socialist not socialist utopia. So, she's got a she's big not. she's got a big
2: house. She could house a few people who can't afford to live in London she, if she, she wanted not. to, but she doesn't exactly. do
4: that. Exactly. These are these are never the first people to put their money where their mouth is. I mean, Hugh Grant is worth what 60 million pounds. Why like don't that. you offer your money to Corbyn to fund his socialist utopia? Why don't you do that instead of telling us that we should vote for a man who has effectively never done anything to show that he loves this country, has lain in bed with sort of, IRA terrorists, Hezbollah, has a huge anti-Semitic problem in his party that he's let, he's let sort of, fester on yeah. for the last however many years. I mean, it is completely ridiculous. These are people that are cushioned by their money, that have options, that don't have the same stake in society, and yet they have the goal to tell society who don't, who don't entertain them other than the fact that they can sing or act. Who should who they should vote for? It's completely ridiculous. And their egos are so big that they will never get the message. Well, also, so we're always going to have these people.
2: Yeah, that's right. And they also, they think that they are influential. But the good news for anyone looking for somebody to endorse them at the next election is don't get anywhere near Hugh Grant because every single politician that he backed, Lost. <laughs> lost. <laughs> So, you know, he's like the kiss of death, to be honest. Yeah, he is. Right. Well, listen, Esther, great to talk to you. Thanks very much indeed. Esther Krakow there, uh, who is from Turning Point UK, uh, talking about the young vote and why so many young people uh, between the ages of 18 and 24 seem to want to vote for this hard left, Corbynist kind of indoctrinated state. It's got to be down to the schools, hasn't it? 0344, uh, 499, 1000. If you're somebody who's between the ages of 18 and 24 and you don't want that... Or you do. Maybe you can ring me up and tell me why. Because I find it quite baffling. This is Talk Radio.
5: A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance.
0: Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
1: Dangerous mid-morning debate with the Great Dictator.
3: The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. You
2: Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham, Ian Collins and Kevin O'Sullivan coming up at 1 o'clock, you know what to do, 0344 499 1000, let us go, without further ado, uh, back to the phones, because loads of you want to talk to me, Uh, I'm going to talk to Susan in a minute, in Exeter, Simon first up though, in Orpington, hello Simon, hi Mike, good afternoon, hello, how are you? Yeah,
1: good. Yeah, great to hear Esther there. Um, and I was thinking this morning, you know, there is a real opportunity after this result for, dare I say it, to, for conservatism to be made great again. And I do think that actually that needs to come from outside movements, whether it's people like Esther or Turning Point or whoever, um, But if you think about it, like, politics is showbiz for ugly people, isn't it? It is. It really is. So people aren't actually looking at the politicians. but They are looking at people like Esther or these, like, campus movements and things like that. And that's where it needs to come from because the left are very good at infiltrating systems with their worldview. Yes.
2: Um, well, they are, remember. and at some point or other, they're going to get it right, aren't they? Because um, they'll be looking, I presume, at this election disaster and thinking to themselves, right, well, we did galvanise a lot of young people, but we didn't galvanise enough young people somehow. And I remember talking to a pollster uh, before the event who said, I said, what about all these young people Labour have registered and are going to go out there and vote? He said, it doesn't matter, young people don't win elections. But at some point, that will turn out to be wrong, won't it?
1: Well, I mean that's the frightening part, and yeah. I mean what what happens if at some point the age gets reduced to even lower at sixteen because that's what they want to do. They want to get people before they've really thought through their politics. I remember Mike hearing something Peter Hitchens said, and he was saying in his Trotskyist days, yeah. uh, he was at a Trotsky meeting, and the guy speaking was saying, "Look, actually, don't don't go straight into you know Parliament, make yourself known." go into the education systems, go into the healthcare systems, don't actually announce you're a Trotskyist, but actually shape things from the inside. Yes. Um, And that's how they work. But I think there is an opportunity for, as I say, a lot of people are embarrassed to be conservatives. And so these people like Esther, they are the front runners, and they do give people permission to then say, well, actually, I'm a conservative too. So I think people like Esther, they should really be backed
2: Thank you very much indeed, Simon. Great call. Uh, Esther has made quite an impression on a lot of people, actually. A lot of people tweeting about her, saying what a sensible young woman she is. Let's talk to Dave, uh, who's in Hammersmith. Hello, Dave. Hello, Mike. How are you? Very well, sir. What can I do for you? Um, I've got another list
6: for you to work on. (laughs) Go Um, on. I have to say, though, uh, 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 your top 100 list, uh, I'm finding myself as you read them out going, yep, yep, (laughs) definitely. Oh, absolutely. Yep, yep. Maybe a bit of a different order here and there. I'd, I'd like to see Harry and Meghan maybe pushed up into the late 90s, perhaps, and maybe bring people like Paul Mason further yes, down.
2: Yes, yes. I mean, certainly you can luxury. move you can move them around, and, and there have been suggestions that we could have a sort of a chart on, on a on a weekly basis where they all move around, like you know, like records.
6: I agree. I was so pleased you had Mason on there because uh, I actually put an official complaint into the BBC. Did you? <laughs> um, well, they kept, they kept bringing him on as a journalist. Yes. And I said, look, hang on a minute, he's a Labour Party activist. Right. Self, he's a self-proclaimed... And then a couple of weeks ago, when Kirsty Waugh introduced him, she said, here's Paul Mason, Labour Party activist. He got very uppity and went, I'm a journalist, I'm a journalist. Oh, so I think I, know. You'll find, I think you'll find he'll be on your plank of the year next year. <laughs> and he'll be trying to re, reinventing himself as a journalist. But anyway, here's uh, here's another list for you to work on. Go on. I think think if we're not careful, we're going to spend the next five years all debating why, who won and lost the election. So I think we need to move on forward. Leave the gobby left to worry about all of that. Yeah. But I I, I haven't thought this all the way through, and the acronym's not as good as Plank just yet. But imagine CLOT, keep Labour out tactics, right? (laughs) I like it. I think over Christmas, think about some real tactics, real tactics. So we get away from 50,000 nurses, 20,000 policemen and all this stuff, and you come up with some real tactics to re-engage places like the North or disadvantaged places. So, uh, so he's going to bring in, for example, an NHS by law. He's got to invest in it. But here's another good example. Set up some zones in the North or wherever it is where you've got those disadvantaged communities and say to businesses if you create a business in this area has to be 200 people in this area with a meaningful wage none of this low wage stuff you can have corporation tax free
2: I like it. They well, it. I mean, they're, they're they going to they be earmarking it. some money for the, for, the, for the northern community. So why not, why not include it in that? Just,
6: just say, yeah, if you want to put a business in Scarborough, which desperately needs some business people there, a business there, it's tax-free. And we will work out if it's a division of your company and it's a certain amount of revenue, well, the taxman can work out what bit is tax-free. But I reckon as a big business, that's a 20% saving. Um, I don't think you can do it today because I don't think the European laws would allow you to differentiate different businesses in that
2: way. Maybe not, but we're leaving. So what are they going to do? Kick us out?
6: Well, exactly. And and then, of course, now that keep labour out tactic means that people in that area will then start to say, well, at least he's tried to get businesses here by telling them they can come here free. And if, if I were running a big business and I could put 200 employees... In Darlington, Doncaster or Scarborough, and I'm gonna get all that revenue, corporation tax free, uh, maybe for five years, maybe for good. I reckon I'd probably start putting some business up there.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. Well we're right, Dave. I like the sound of that. Clots. It's got a great sort Clot. of uh, ring to it. Thanks very much indeed. Yeah, I'm sure I'm
6: sure you'll get a better acronym between now and the new year, but um, yeah, a new list for you.
2: So fantastic stuff. Let's talk to Susan who's in Exeter. Hello, Susan.
5: Good afternoon, Michael. My lovely, how are you? I'm very
2: well indeed, thank you. How are you?
5: (laughs) You always are. No, I was. I always listen to the show, and you're you are a very funny person. That's very kind. You're very funny. I think so. You know. Well, I I try. to cheer us all up. Anyway, um, this issue about the turkeys, Michael, uh, surely if you sell a turkey that's frozen and you, you, you portray it as being fresh, mm. is that not, is that not um, contravening with the trade description?
2: Well, I would Act? have thought so, you see, but, the, but they've got yeah. this complicated loophole where they call it sub-zero oh. freezing and not sub-zero free or something. You know what <laughs> I mean? So it's, it's a kind of, yeah. it's a racket to me. It's a racket. It,
5: it, it is a racket. I wouldn't touch it, quite frankly. I'm quite happy with a bean burger or something. I'm fed up with it. You know, there's, Are you going go to go vegan for Christmas then? Well, I, 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 I'm, I'm practically vegan anyway. I just like cheese. So that's my downfall. Okay. But, but I, don't, I love you cheese. Don't know, you, don't know where, you, you don't know where the animal, how the animal's been t- treated or how it's been reared. And then they get scared to death when they, they get rounded up and shoved into trucks.
2: Well but if you to, to if you if you if you're sensible if you can Susan you should go to a local oh. turkey farm and get one from there then then you do know yeah. where it's coming from right it's free range yes, it's organic you, you know a bit more expensive yes, maybe y- y- y-
5: Yes, quite, quite true, Mike. But, I, I you know, I've, I've just gone off meat. But I know a lot of people do enjoy meat, and I think they should, they're entitled to know where the hell it's come from, whether it's frozen or fresh or whatever. You know, it's absolutely outrageous.
2: Yes, I agree with you, totally. I think uh, I'm not going to have turkey this Christmas, though, because I'm not a massive fan of it, to be what? honest.
5: What are you having? I'm chicken?
2: not sure yet. I haven't decided yet. We're going to be away, uh, so chicken. it depends.
5: You're going to be away. Where are you going, I can't friend?
2: tell you that. It's not. It's a, It's classified information.
5: Oh, <laughs> well, don't worry, darling. I'm not going to come and stalk you. Well, Good Lord. No, of course you're You've not. Why would you bad. do that? Well, I don't know. It's been suggested that I, Ian said, am I a stalker or something Aye? many months ago? said, so, are you a stalker? No, absolutely not disgraceful, No, of course thing not. That
2: is shocking, absolutely shocking. No, but I will be not. I will not be here uh, for the Christmas week. I'm afraid, but I'll tell you more about it as we get through the week. Susan, thank you very much indeed. A mid morning dance
1: with the devil. The independent republic of Mike Graham
2: on Talk Radio. <laughs> Now, I'm not going to attempt to do this to the music because that would just be lame, right? But I did come up with a list of the top 100 planks uh, over the course of the weekend. And we have already gone down now uh, to number 60. So before we talk uh, to our favourite comedian, Tommy Sandu, let me give you a few more. Number 60 is Rory Stewart. 59, Mike Bloomberg. 58, Lisa Nandy. 57, Jerry Barton. 56, John McDonnell. 55, Fiona Bruce. 54, BBC Breakfast. 53, Terry Christian. 52, Emily Thornberry. 51, Paul... Paul Mason. I don't know how you could argue with any of these. These are so good. And half a million people have now looked at them, right? Next uh, lot, 50 down to 41. Owen Jones, Ash Sarkar, Diane Abbott, Tommy Robinson, Donald Tusk, Sadiq Khan, Extinction Rebellion, Lord Heseltine, Jamie Oliver, Gina Miller. Tommy, welcome to the show. Tell me that none of those people are planks. No, it, it, I think you're missing the point here. Well, my point
0: is, is more, I'm, I wanted to speak to you and make sure that you're okay. Why? Are you okay, Mike? Mike, why would you
2: do this? <laughs> it's Christmas. I'm it's fine, Christmas. of course. Well, you know, people like to look it's back at the it. end people like to look back at the end of the year, right? And they give you the right. highlights, you'll be looking on T V, you'll be seeing all the, you know, the nice pictures of, you know, Harry and Meghan, and you'll see nice pictures of the royal family, and you'll see Prince Andrew being interviewed and all of that. I decided to do it a slightly different way, because there's an awful lot of planks out there, Tommy.
0: What there might, there might be a lot of planks, but it takes, it takes many kinds of material to make the world go round. It does. And what, I'm, what I'm surprised, though, is that you've done it this side of Christmas. There, there is a week, there is a week between Christmas and New Year where you can do your reflective look-backs, as the rest of the nation should be putting up decorations, you know. Yeah, but I'm going to be stuff. off
2: that week, so, you know, <laughs> I can't be doing it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you want to get your plank this out there now, but then this time, okay. So really, what you've done is you've given yourself a hundred excuses to have a moan. here. you want to get this off your system, you're out of your system, off your chest, and just want to go. All these people deserve to be named and shamed. Yes, I just don't feel like that fits the Christmas spirit. Well, but well, I'll tell you what: half a million,
2: <laughs> half a million people disagree with you because half a million people have now <laughs> viewed this chart, right, and they love it. I'll give you the next ten. Okay, number forty: Emmanuel <laughs> sure. Macron. So 39, Michelle Barnier, 38, Alex Sammons, 37, Sheila Fogarty, 36, Lewis Goodall from Sky, 35, Lord Adonis, John Burko, 34, Gary Neville, 33, Daniel Craig, 32, Alistair Campbell, 31. I mean, you can't argue with that. Daniel Craig, why Daniel Craig? Daniel Craig, because <laughs> he said we should stay in Europe and we should not vote for Boris Johnson because he's a dangerous man. He lives in New York, this guy. He's a multimillionaire. <laughs> he's got nothing to do with Britain, doesn't pay taxes here. You know, forget about it. What about entire organisations? You've gone after FIFA. FIFA, yes. Well, these are the people who are in charge of world football, right? Unfortunately, uh, they seem to have been a rather corrupt organisation for most of their existence. And then they come up with a brilliant idea of having a World Cup in a country that doesn't play football where it's 45 degrees during the winter. OK,
0: uh, I might give you that one. What about the railways? <laughs> why have you gone after the, so, why have you gone after one particular Great Western Railway? Because
2: railways? they are on strike for 27 days out of December. Well, OK, Right. right.
0: Actually, you're right. Where the See, I'm going to win you round, Tommy, aren't I? You have. You won me round. But I'm just, I want to make sure that after you do this, there's some sort of cathartic feel about, ah,
2: good. Well, okay. do you know what? Somebody now- said to me last night on Twitter, they said, why don't you do, after this, a list of the winners of 2019? Yes! Right? Yes! And I, and, I, and I thought, now, there's a good idea, because I could do another list next weekend and get another half a million views, right? The problem is, right, I started doing the list. I couldn't think of more than 20. <laughs>
0: Uh, what about okay? What about predictions for 2020? And you can have a list of then just 20 wonderful people for the year ahead. Like I'm, I'm not sure I
2: set. could get up to 20 wonderful people. <laughs> oh, can God. I include my, can I include myself?
0: Yes, in, in 19 of those positions, if you have to. I could
2: uh, include you, Tommy.
0: Yeah, oh, thank you. You and me will make up the top twenty. I to say, well, how did you feel writing this list? Was there ever a point that you dried it? Was it was it difficult?
2: No, no. In it, fact, uh, I had to stop because I thought I could actually do two hundred if I wanted. It started off as a top ten, right? And I did the top ten, and people went, "As that's not enough planks." They were like, "You know, <laughs> what have you forgotten about Gary Lineker? What about <laughs> you know, uh, Guy Verhofstadt? You know, what about Steve Coogan?" So I had to keep <laughs> going, right? So then I did twenty. Right, yeah, and then they were still saying, "Well, what about Jess Phillips? You know, what about John Major?" And I went right. So I did thirty, and it kept going like that. And suddenly I had well, hundred. So
0: there's a, there's a team. There's a team of people that do this. There's like you, you and a load of miserable people. That no, these are them. no,
2: this is people on on Twitter. This is the, this is a Twitter sphere ah. project, right? That's where it started. Let me give you the next thir- the, 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 from thirty <laughs> down to twenty-one because we've got to finish this, right? Robert right. De Niro, number thirty. Uh, Laura Pidcock, number twenty-nine. Gievehofstadt. John Hanna, 27, Ed Vasey, uh, XMP. mp Tom Brake, XMP. mp Jess Phillips, Gary Lineker, Steve Coogan, John Major. Steve Coogan? Yeah. Legend. What, what have you got Steve, to Steve Coogan, he was, out, he was out campaigning for the Liberal Democrats, right? Him and Hugh Grant, right? Everyone they campaigned for, lost. That makes him a plank, in my view. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. Despite all the
0: joy he's brought people all across the world, though, the laughter, the fun... The voices, the characters... He also gets treated gonna...
2: differently than everybody else because when he gets done for driving it too fast in his car, the judge lets yeah. him off on the grounds that he needs his car because Alan Partridge drives a car who doesn't exist. <laughs>
0: hey? Yeah, but, that's, that's, but he needs it for work. He, it's
2: a, it's no, he a, doesn't. It's a... He's not Alan Partridge. His name is Steve Coogan. It wasn't Alan Partridge who got done for speeding. It was Steve Coogan who got done for speeding. Ah. You see oh. what I mean? Ah, okay. yes, I do see Now, me. we're down to the, <laughs> the top 20, right? You're going to like this, right? David Lammy, number twenty, Theresa May, Chris Martin, Meghan Markle, Femi. I don't know if you know him. Andrew Marr, Lewis Hamilton, Julian Moron, as I call him, Julian Moore, I think his name is. Anna Soubry and Greta Thunderbird, <laughs> <laughs> who was caught by the way yesterday sitting in a train, claiming that she couldn't find a seat. When, unfortunately, the train company put out a tweet saying, well, it's very nice of you to, to tell everybody that you are on our train, but why did you also not tell everybody that you had a first-class seat? Ah, uh,
0: okay, know? interesting. But, okay, Lewis Hamilton yes. in that list there. Come on. He's... he's I mean, I'm, I'm not a big follower of it all, but I know that he recently won a, a whole lot of stuff. He made him the most, you know, decorated... He won the
2: six his sixth uh, International Grand Prix right. series, right. yes. Uh, but that, he also said, right... He also, hang on. He also said... Uh, that he thought we should all do more uh, to save the planet and to make the environment a cleaner place, right? This is a guy who drives around in a (laughs) high-octane racing car, flies everywhere in a private jet until recently when he got rid of it, right? And basically contributes probably the biggest carbon footprint sport in the entire history of the world, (laughs) right? Yes. But he's he's gone vegan, so that's all right then. (laughs) So I'm afraid, you know, finally down to the top ten. Now, I'm not going to mention right. the, number, the number ten because he's a rival broadcaster, right, sure. who's particularly miserable who are leaving the European Union, works for a station in London. I'm not going to say his name. Jeremy Corbyn, number nine. Stormzy, number eight. Prince Harry, number seven. Dominic Grieve, number six. Lily Allen, number five. Hugh Grant, number four. Emma Thompson, number three. Joe Swinson, number two. And I don't know if you've got... Have you got any fanfare music back there for, a, uh, for the number one? Top 100 plank of the year? If can ba, 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 All right, you can do that. that, Prince Andrew. Say, ba, 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 Prince Andrew. Prince Andrew. Yeah. You don't got well, to tell it, me. You can't disagree with that. No, no, I cannot.
0: I will not disagree with that. Yeah. but there are some. I mean, Storm. Just, just out of
2: interest, Stormzy. Stormzy yeah, Stormzy. Uh, the guy who uh, goes on to Glastonbury and basically wears a stab vest. You know, says that he thinks Boris Johnson's a bit sinister. You know. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think that's his place, is it? To no, go around me- talking maybe, about talking you know, about the prime minister like that?
0: No, no, you're right. Stick stick to wrap me. I know. I, you know what? I, th- I, so I really what this list is. What is? It? I mean, I want to know what you think a plank is. A plank is someone who shouldn't have shouldn't be getting away. I the would. Well, the re- I,
2: when, when most of the people on this list are there because they're hypocrites, basically. You know, Storms is a very wealthy man. He makes out that he's a kind of man of the people, man of the street. You know, he's not. He's a multimillionaire. I know he does some good things. He does a um, um, a, a sort of. Um, um, a scholarship thing to Cambridge University for young students, and that's a great thing. But he, he yeah. you know, I'm I'm not keen on very wealthy people talking about voting Labour because you know we know they don't do it at the end of the day <laughs> because if they did, they'd lose all their money. I mean, Corbyn literally would rip these people to shreds and take all their money in tax. Emma Thompson, so, right, flies in from the British uh, British Airways first class of L A to tell everybody not to fly. <laughs> okay, so they're not they're
0: hypocrites. They shouldn't be they shouldn't be about you're you're revealing them to the nation but now now that I'm just worried about your well-being I want to know that you you now feel good do you feel I do. are you in a happier place is, is this helping is listen it I'm helps?
2: always happy that's the thing about me Tommy no matter what happens to me in life I could be fired yeah. I could be shouted at I could be abused in the street I could have people throwing things at me and that's just at home you know um <laughs> I, I I come through it all with a smile on my face because I love life Oh, well then, and, and the one thing I am not—you can accuse me of many things, but I'm not a hypocrite. No, or a plank. Tell... <laughs> <laughs> no, you,
0: you are. Yeah, you put the planks together. I do. You're not one of them. You're no. not one of the planks. Yeah. Exactly so right. Got, well, job well done. Well, I Tommy, think... listen—I
2: appreciate you because I think a lot of people have have your sentiments at heart, and they think it's maybe <laughs> the wrong time of year to do it. But hey, you know, I, I can't help the timing.
0: <laughs> It's—it it's is—and you're not here next week. Okay, I get it. It all Now that you've explained yourself, Mike, it all makes sense. Marvellous. So, marvellous. Now so, I, I, Tommy
2: I, Sandu, another convert to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. What a top man. Very kind. You will be in my list of top people, uh, as will several other people uh, who know who they are. Across
1: the UK, online and on DAB,
2: the Independent
1: Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.